Having bought a very old Bellamy couch at Dumfries Auction House in County Clare, it sat proudly and served well for a number of years before its seat finally gave in. Having grown very fond of our old friend, we went looking for someone to fix it. It took a surprisingly long time to find someone to take the job on. Eventually, we found the man, Chair McNamara, general upholsterer, as the sign said. His workshop was down a narrow alleyway in the centre of Limerick City. Hi, Chair. Right, well, I'm here. Uh, general upholstery services now with a settee there that you gave me to repair for you. Um, first of all, it's a Bellamy couch, um, years old, 18 something, I'd say, by the look of it, and well worn. It's uh, six foot on the seat, colour green with all deep buttons at the back. Lovely piece of furniture, lovely leg in it. Your whole seat has collapsed in it now, so what we're going to do is we're going to um, put a whole new solid front into the seat of it and rebuild a new seat for you. So how long have you been here, Jared, the workshop? I've been here 19 years, mother. I've been doing upholstery since I was 12 years old. Will you grab a hold of that and give me a lift? I'm just turning up the chair, the city there now to give a look at the bottom of it. I didn't know what to expect when I arrived to the workshop. I certainly didn't expect to see Jared toss this antique piece of furniture around with such ease. Now, as you can see, Mike, there, the, the webbing is absolutely rotten in it. So that'll all have to be stripped off, re-webbed first, and then re-sprung the whole lot of it. It is a big job and it'll take a good bit of time, you know. But first of all, the main thing anyway is that the whole seat has to come out and we've got to get a solid rail into the front of it because the front is very badly bent. And we have your cover there, you see? See the old cover there, your canvases? That's, uh, that's horse here now, that is. And it's a mixture of hog here as well, hog here from a pig. These pigs are specially kind of bred for, for their hair to be put into furniture, antique furniture, isn't it? Jesus, that must be about 150 years old, like ancient is. That's some century, the fella that done it is well dead. If <laughs> not as the oldest man in the world, anyway. That was printed about 100 years ago, right? That here, there. You know what I mean? This here was edited, but this is the original here. That's horse hair now. You won't get anything like that now today, you know? They're not making that kind of hair no more, you know what I mean? Like horses now are kind of protected and stuff. So they're not sure you have none no more, like. But it came from the mane and the tail, they heard it. Could you imagine how many horses that you needed for a coach like back then, you know what I mean? So I'm going to get all that teased there now. There's a big trashing machine there with spikes in it. And we're going to lob that into it and get it all teased up. I have to bring it away and get a fella to do it. Okay. Jack, I have to get a fella by the name of Jack McGrath to do that. Other than that, that's the procedure, Mike. So we, we'll, uh, we'll start kind of tipping it off. A few days later, I called by to see how things were moving along and listened as Jerry went about his business. No, come here, I want you. Well, oh, you bring them all, did you? About five, just ten. That's fine. You know what I mean? You call in tomorrow from Sua? Oh, so, tomorrow. Oh, I know him, I know him yeah. quite well. He's, he's known far and wide. Good work. Oh, that's a piece of, piece of leather that was often all sweet he done for me, and he promised to, to he just gave me that to, to cover my car seat. Yeah. Which was nice and decent of him too. He's a famous man. God bless you and save you. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, then. I'll have him done. Thank you very much indeed. God bless you. Boys. All right, boy. Good luck. Good luck to you. The workshop is approximately um, 40 feet by 18 feet wide. 
It's um, in Maloney Garden, Lord Gerald Griffin Street. The Shihad has been here for years and years. This was a, an old horse parking facility where you could come into the market with your horses and park here and go downtown. You know what I mean? Um, there was a vet in on the unit over here. But that's all kind of gone now, you know. And apparently this place is going to be all redeveloped in the next couple of years, you know. It's sold anyway. Uh, we're negotiating at, at the minute where we're going to go and what we're going to do and stuff, you know what I mean? Mm. But it consists of mainly uh, have two sewing machines there, compressor, treads, bandsaw, computer. On my first uh, visit, Jerry had mentioned his gym across uh, the yard. Uh, of course, a radio. But uh, that's what it all consists of anyway. And Scattered around the darkened walls of the workshop were images of stress and strain. We do everything. We do car seats, household furniture, bear seating, motorbike seats, everything in the household line or the car dealer's line or anything at all. Customers come from all over the place. As I've been here, I've been here 20 years. Like I have a good customer clientele built up in the whole lot, you know. From solicitors to guards to... Everybody, everybody comes into me, you know. As you can see, people just drop in for the chat. Watching and, and listening to Jer talk about his work, and of course, the gym is over there. I realised well that this square, bulldog build of a man wasn't your average upholsterer. Well, Mike, I've been five foot now for 30 years, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think there's nothing I could kind of do about it. Like, no, I'm happy the way I am, you know. No, I, sometimes I get people kind of laughing at me over my height all right, you know what I mean? But they don't really know how strong I am then, you know, behind it all. Like, you know, I get great respect, especially from the, the crowd in Patrick's Well now. I'm the only world champion in Patrick's Well, like, so I get great respect from them boys out there, you know, because they, I don't think they've ever had a world champion living in the area. Mike, come on over now and I'll show you the gym there. This is the Patrick's Well pole from Clovis across from the shop that we all train in. It's handy, like, because uh, sometimes I go in training there and I can look out the window and see if there's any customers over there. Outside the door, that wants me. And then going heavier comes out of there and I'd be full of chalk and everything. Now, this is the gym here where we all train, consisting of uh, tons of weight, as you can see around the place. Photographs of the guys. Here's a photograph here of Big Dave squatting a uh, thousand pounds. Would you be about 80 stone, it's a... It'd be, it'd be nearly uh, a mini. Open his back, like, going down like that. That's myself there, then breaking a the world record, 355 kilos. <coughs> in, the, in the squat, uh, weighing 67.5 kilo body weight. You're well respected throughout the, 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 the sport, obviously. Uh, well, I do a lot of coaching as well, and give seminars on lifting and stuff like that, you know what I mean? That goes around the bar like that, you see? And what happens is, when you, when you descend onto the squat, the chain goes on the floor. When the chain goes on the floor, then when you start coming up, the weight gets heavier because the chain is lifting off the ground, you know? And then you have a band like this pulling you onto the floor as well. A two-inch rubber band, green color. Uh, tension is 100 kilos band tension before you even put a weight in the bar. The size of the room is about, it is about 15 feet by 15 feet. And there's about eight machines in there, so it's pretty clogged up, like, but we kind of manage away. There's no um, <coughs> fancy uh, equipment or no fancy water coolers or air conditioning here, Jared. So like it's that, fairly basic, isn't it? That's all a strength athlete needs. So what was the room before it was the club? A veterinary uh, hospital. There are big uh, caterpillar tires there for turning up and down the yard out there. 
So we used that to strengthen our lower back and stuff. So you flipped him up and down the road, you know, three or four times and come back like. But I don't know what we're going to do. When your man develops the gym, I don't know where we're going to go. But sure, we'll decide that when it happens. It turns out that Jer McNamara is one of the top powerlifters in the world, with more than 30 world and European titles under his belt. And is in training for yet another world record attempt. Today, though, Jer is coaching a colleague of his, Putting on her belt, yeah, no, stuff a Polish like lady by the name of Petra Stompova. Come on, oh, Petra, come on. Come on, get everything right, set all the keys in position. Come on. There you go. She's pushing. What would that be compared to ratio to body weight, Davy? Uh, four times the body weight. Yeah, four times her body weight. Now she's stepping it up another 20 kilos. She's one of the strongest in Europe. You can understand a beautiful woman like that going under the weight, turning into an absolute horror when she's under it, like. <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde job. I must say, I was a little taken aback by it all. Just to make sure I'm tightening our belt so our back won't break or anything. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back! Oh, oh, oh! That's the way to go. You have 180 kilos on that, you know, Mike, which is 400 pounds. And, and then you have band tension, so you have 280 kilos. The last person I expected to see in this environment was a young Polish woman. If you don't believe that she can do it, you know, no matter how strong you are, you're just not going to do it. And that's, that's the end of it, you know. You working in Limerick or is it...? I live in Mellow, so I train in Cork mm -hmm. during the week, but I come here just so we get time to talk about trainings and all that. Yeah, yeah. So he advised me what to do for the next week and... What do your family and friends think of, I mean, do they ask you about your, your sport? They take it as much of a part of me already because I've been doing it for so long, you know. I'd be more surprised if I'm not in the gym than, than I am, you know. Mm -hmm. So they don't think much of it, to be mm -hmm. honest, not anymore. I was intrigued by Petra and looking forward to meeting her again. I'm next up after her there now. I'm a bit more madder than her now, you know what I mean? <laughs> Will you be pushing it today? I'll be. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it was. What gives me the most satisfaction in my life that I was going home to my boys in the night after training and working. My wife and having a bit of a crack with my wife because she's always taking the piss off of me every time like, with she, something. She does, yeah. Does she need that really, don't she? I don't know what she's ever up to. Like I might go to the back and I get a pot of water running over me for nothing, you know. <laughs> she's a bit of a joker, alright. And she's a great old sense of humour, like. That woman of mine. Going back to the very early days, Joe, when did you first decide to go into weightlifting or did somebody you knew who was involved in powerlifting that, that drew you into it? Well, I came from St Mary's Park, Mike, and uh, a man by the name of Shawnee Bullman had a little gym there, so I decided there was kind of nothing doing at the time. I was 12 years old, so I decided to uh, to join it. I was just naturally strong, maybe stronger than normal, like. So then I joined the Gary Owen Weightlifting Club then under coach Pat Phelan and Tommy Dillon. So it all just went off from there then. St Mary's Park is down near St Mary's Church there. All that here. The oil and field they used to call it back then. Down, actually down with all the trouble and all the the, the gang feuding is going on yeah. down there. Was it tough when you were there? I mean like 
No, it was nothing like that. It was it was nothing at all like that. They were really lovely people, and it was a great time. It was a great time altogether. But we only I only lived there up to I till I was about uh, nine, and then we got a house in Lee Estate, which was up from St Mary's Park. After that, well, um, my dad was strong as well, and all my dad's family were strong. You know, my dad was real proud of me. You know what I mean? Although he died very young, he died at fifty five, like he got a massive heart attack. But mum. Mam is real proud of me, uh, proud of me, and the uh, like the, to open my own business and, and buy my own house, and you know have a good living from upholstery. Like she's kind of proud that I have done that, you know. Now some of the guys that I grew up with, like all my life, they're on the door now at the minute, and every time I see them, they seem to be either a fag in the mouth or a point in the hand. That's the way they are, you know what I mean. So I kind of branched away from that. It was only due to Pat feeling that that happened because at the time no one would employ anybody from where I lived. But Pat Phelan took the chance and he employed me because he seen me training in the gym. And then he asked me, you know, you know, did I want a job? And I said I did. And I think I was getting something like £12 a week. So I stayed with him for 13 years. like. And then I went back to school when I was 22 and I did business organisation so that I could uh, manage the business and the accounts and stuff. And I've never looked back since, Mike. You were a young man when your father died, were you? I mean, you see, the thing about it is, I used to always, when I trained or competed, it was always, I'd always try to make my dad proud. And then when he died, that kind of motivation went. So I decided to kind of win one for him, you know. But most of my friends, my real close friends that die, I usually... What I usually do is uh, the fact that they've never kind of won a world championship. I always put the world medal on their chest before they close the coffin. Was, my dad died in 56. That was 1987. And he died suddenly, like, so it was a big shock altogether. You know? But he used to be proud, like, because what I used to do is, you know, if I. Like I always told him I'd be world champion before I'm 21 and he, he always said to me, you know, I don't know, can you do that, you know what I mean? And I said, just watch me do it, like, and I was world champion at 19. So when I came home with the medal, he put the medal around his neck and went off and got pissed. And <laughs> he was coming down the road with the boys and the boys, are, I suppose he got drink of everyone, the fact that I, I was the first world champion ever, ever in the history of Ireland in Poland to win, to win a medal, I was the first. And sure, he came down the road with the middle around his neck like Tom Jones. Slashed up the road <laughs> in the short open. I'll never forget it. That was the most funniest times in all that. Like, oh, he was singing and he was doing everything. Singing and cursing and everything. Like, <laughs> And he went, he went over about two quid and he came back slashed to the world. <laughs> What are the jobs, Jer? have you had apart from the upholstery? The only other job I had, Mike, was... I, no, I never had another job. You've never like, been in a situation where you've, you've used your physique in terms of, of doing a door or anything like that? Or, or have, you, you know, have you been asked or anything like that? I mean. I've been asked loads of times, but that's not me, you know what I mean? I, I, uh, I wouldn't do that kind of work, you know? Not that I, if I had to do it, I'd do it, like, but I never really saw a case where I kind of had to do it, you know? 
I, I wouldn't kind of, I wouldn't be into it. Like, I, I couldn't have the, the heart to stop anybody at the door, you know what I mean? What kind of a motorbike is it? 125, is it? Yeah, no problem. A couple of no weeks problem. later, I dropped into Jer to see how he was getting on with my Bellamy couch. Not a customer. A motorbike seat she has there, she once covered uh, on the 50 or something. An old vintage thing. But I obviously wasn't Jer's number one customer that day. I get every sort of... Uh, every sort of uh, person here. I went to uh, the worst one of the whole lot, I think, and the funniest one of the whole lot was that uh, I do work as well for land. I let her out there in Chiller's Road. And the best thing of the whole lot was I went down to uh, Castletown Bear for a complaint that they had on a suite of furniture. And when I got down to Castletown Bear, I found that your man was, that owned the suite of furniture, was home the island. But he bought an electri- electric suite of furniture and he was wondering why he, w- he wasn't going. <laughs> you had to plug the couch in, you had no electricity to plug it into. <laughs> After I drove nearly four hours down to the place, no electricity in the house. The thing about and calling it the Jer is that you never know who might appear. We're very proud of him, that he's a world champion and European champion. Champion many times over and has really never had recognition for it. Because powerlifting is not considered a sport in the Olympics, is that right Jer? Otherwise we'd be looking at a gold medal winner here. Well, we have uh, 32 members, come, f- come from all walks of life. Come from Cork, Kerry, Waterford, Kilkenny, up to Galway. That's the re, even though we are called the Monster Society of Magicians. Most are amateur magicians that do car tricks. We have stage magicians, I'm a stage magician. I have doves, tricks with fire and fish. We have illusionists, and we have comedy magicians. All kinds, all types of people. Seems anybody comes down this laneway has to have a double life of some sort. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> it helps. Right, Terry, I'll see you later. Good luck. That was Terry, no. Terry is the um the magician in the air we call him. <laughs> Does he play any tricks on you? Well he did a couple of times alright, you know. The things he does like he can kind of get a fridge, and, or not a fridge, but a microwave oven there and throw it up, put, put a towel over it and throw it up in the air in front of you and you just pull away the thing and there's no fridge there or no microwave there. However he does it, I don't know, because you see a microwave in his hands and then when he pulls away the cover, there's nothing there. He's an illusionist, really, is he? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I couldn't believe it, like, that he could do something like that, you know. At this stage, Jer's world record attempt was looming large. And he was starting to ramp up the weight. Just adjusting my bent now, Mike. You know, because I have to adjust it in and out the whole time. Hello. How are you? How's the form? On my next visit to check in on my Bellamy couch, I found Jer for the first time with his feet up. No, yeah, please. Oh, here we are uh, with your uh, your couch again. Yeah. So I'm going to put the rail on it now. So I'll just staple it. This is a staple gun here. Mm. A big hardwood staple gun that's driving a three-inch staple into the side of your arm, right? So, 
Yeah. This is your front rail now going in here. This will take most of the weight here now, so we have to stabilize it up and cut a few more pieces. Four and a quarter, I'm just measuring some timber there to, so I can reinforce the rail because as you can see, it's about seven feet long there and you couldn't sit in there because it'd bust in the middle if it wasn't reinforced, you see? What that rail there does is that uh, when you sit into the couch there, the rail, that rail there will be at the back of your knee. So your feet will be up and you're, you'll be sit on, sitting on the springs there. I'm just at the drawing out these pieces here. Now we come back to your piece and we fit him under here like this. And staple it on here to that. Oh, that's a great machine that. Sure, you'd be driving nails for the day like if I didn't. It? Oh my, you see the difference that makes? Mm. I mean, you could put an elephant in that now and it won't break it, you know? They'll yeah, never so go again for 50 years. Yeah. You can hear the rain now? Yeah. Why do you think you're so good? I mean, is it the work you put into it? It's it's genetics as well, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. as you can see, I'm short and small and built lower to the floor and my genetics has a lot got to do with it. It's also my mind and it's training, eating. Everything in life is just falls together you know what I mean for me it did anyway you know like my wife looks after my food and after my nutrition side of it and I eat about 10 times a day but mostly consistent of this uh, see the protein powders there like that protein there is pure protein there's no carbohydrate in it which means my body won't hold that much water creating for after training and the most important part glutamine is the most important supplement in any athlete's arsenal what that does is that puts the fuel back in the muscles for the next day's training again. The creatine then is an ener energy booster before training. So on top of the supplements then? In the morning I would have um, 12 egg whites in the morning, a bowl of uh, oatmeal, coffee. I'd probably have two bananas with that in as well, some whole grain toast. At 11 o'clock then I'd have a protein drink. I'd have 40 grams of protein. I'd take a spoon of creatine, a spoon of glutamine. At one then I'll go over to the Green Onion over, Rude and Bob over there, an American restaurant there in High Street. She cooks all my uh, food and make sure I have enough protein there. So I'd get maybe two breasts of chicken, some pasta, some veg and coffee as well, you know. And I'd eat that in the morning time because I train at seven in the morning, you see. And then I train again at four o'clock. I'd have another protein drinking, um, some creatine and glutamine again at four. And tonight at 16 I'll have a steak with some veg and just one potato. At about nine o'clock then I'd have two, two points of Guinness <laughs> to de-stress me for the day. <laughs> Before I go to bed then I'd have a protein drink and I'd have one near the bed as well if I wake up during the night. About three I'd have another how, supper. How long have you been on that diet now? About ten years. And there's no um, side effects to the sort of amount of, of, of protein or creatine? I mean, well, I haven't got any man. No, saying that I drink uh, a gallon of water there as well, right, you see, so that's kind of flushing out the body as well, you know what I mean, any toxins and stuff like that. I don't do this the whole time now, this is only preparation for the competition. When the competition is over, I'm normal. I'd eat anything, sweets, chocolate, a lot, you know. Put on about two stone and <laughs> have to take it off again, you know. We work on tonnage, right? So now with the minute, we'll be lifting 20 tonnes a week, individually, each one of us. But coming up to the show, it'll go up to about 90 tonnes a week. It's hard to balance uh, your upholstery and the powerlifting and the family and... Not at all, it's just everyday life, I've been doing it for years, like it's just, just everyday life. 
and the fact that I work for myself, I can kind of do all these things anyway, you know what I mean? You know, so I mean... And are you, uh, in terms of, of the powerlifting, would you be in your prime now? Or? Well, I'm 43 years old and I'm still getting stronger and stronger, to be honest. I don't have any back pains or joint pains or any pains at all. Like, I get a little stiff, all right, but not, not much, you know. I think all the protein is help my muscles recover and stuff. Other than that, like, I'm fine. You don't think you deserve a, a statue on O'Connell Street at this stage, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know about that now. Oh, I think I'm too ugly to have a statue of me. You know what I'm saying? General Upholstery? Yeah. Right. We're warming up first, you see. The weights we want now, man. During these visits, I noticed that Jer's increasing weight tonnage was starting to show in his physique. Veins and arteries beginning to surge and bulge, stress and strain. The seat of my Bellamy couch was becoming less of an issue. Of much more interest was Jer's upcoming world record attempt. Hi, Jer. Jer, it's Michael here. How are you? Mike, how are you going, Mike? Last night, I was just thinking about this uh, world record attempt of yours coming up. So what is your body weight? 67 and a half kilos, Mike. Yeah. And what are you hoping to lift? The record, uh, uh, the minute the record as it stands is 352 kilos. Hope to do around 370 anyway, 360, 370. And how many stone is that, Jer? It's 58 stone, 58 and a half stone, Mike. Divide it by, oh no, no, divide it by, uh, it's five and a half times body weight. So that's five and a half times your own body weight? Yeah. So that's your whole family really, plus plus more? Plus you on top of it. And do you think you'll do it? I know I'll do it, Mike. <laughs> I have to be confident, Mike, or else every time I think of it, my legs shake, you know? <laughs> Okay, Ger, thanks. Thanks a million. Listen, I'll, uh, I'll drop in soon to have a look at the couch. So we're, okay, Mike. We're nearly there. Thanks. You know, well, I have a great following in Limerick now in the polls and of all, all sides, you know what I mean? I get great respect from all the people here in Limerick, like, mm. for the achievements of, of lifting. You know, even at home in Patrick's well, where I live, like, mm-hmm. and mm. that's a hurling town, like. I mean, what do you think of this whole process and what do you think about this programme? I think it's it's a brilliant program. I think a lot more athletes should, you know, a lot more people should get kind of programs done on themselves like this. You know, uh, you see, most of the radio and RT you know are favouring rugby and golf and sports or sports horse racing and all that, whereas the minority sports like powerlifting, Irish dancing, handball, uh, you know, all them sports. The minority sports that people don't know nothing about, they don't get the the, the the coverage that they're due, you know. And most of them people are world champions as well, especially Irish dancing people. There, there's a lot of girls and boys world champions, and you never hear of it. But how do you feel about being the, the centre of the program, the focus of attention? <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> you can tell me that, Mike, when you have it done. 
Not really. I don't mind, you know, I don't mind what way I come across, you know. It doesn't bother me at all, like, I'm, I'm sure. The whole idea of drugs in parasports had been on my mind. So at this stage, I felt I had to ask Jer to fill me in on the issue. And they're all drug-tested shows, like. But, I mean, over the last 10 years, every sport's been affected by drugs in some way or other, you know, but, I mean, it, it must be very strict, is it? I mean, uh, It has, of course. It has to have an integrity, doesn't it? I mean, but the thing about it is, I mean, the fellas that's making these, making these suggestions, like, are fellas that never do nothing anyway, Mike, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, our greatest athlete in the world, Michelle Smith, like, she's the greatest athlete of all time Ireland ever had, you know what I mean? And they just chopped her down, you know? She should be looked after. Not falling around with a, a bottle, the drug, drug tester every minute of the day, like. It's unfair. Protein, vitamins, creatine, all that. That's all performance enhancing products. Like. But that's just a part of the daily regime, really, isn't it? If you're talking about performance enhancing products, like you're talking about everything across the board drugs, food, everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody uses something for the age. Mm-hmm. All that little stuff. And, and that's, you think that's fair enough? Oh, that's fair enough, yeah. Of course yeah. it is. But in powerlifting, I mean, it, would it be a steroid thing or what? No, or. Well, I suppose all strength sports are are, uh, are uh, kind of plagued with kind of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Steroids like that, like. No, that's my opinion. I could be wrong now on it. You know what I mean? I mean, you, I'm not an expert some, on that. Will you like. take something to help your performance now for the for the nationals? No, all I use there is the stuff that I showed you. This protein powder there, right? This site of fuel, amino amino acid tablets. You see, glutamine, protein, and all that there now is performance enhancing products Mike all of that is now you have the likes of the fella in the sports council saying don't use that any of that there because it's performance enhancing even though it's natural you know what I mean no wonder there's no good athletes coming out of the country like no wonder you know mm. and that's all that stuff there is all what I approved mm-hmm. you can use any of that with the, the World Anti-Drug uh, Federation mm-hmm. and there's no way an athlete can come along and use that and then turn around after getting caught in the drug test and say that was that year that it caused that. Yeah, it's all been. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Like. From day one, I've always found Jared to be straight up and honest with me. The big question was, when was my Bellamy couch going to be ready? And where did all this hair come from? That's hog hair. That's from a, a diff, that's not horse hair. No, that'd be a hog. That's from a, a, a pig, a special pig that they breed to cut the hair off him. It's a hairy pig, like. And use the hog here for the. For Is that the, still done? That's still done today, yeah. If you wanted hog here now, where would you have to go to? Venezuela, I think. That's where it comes in from. Honestly, you wouldn't believe it. So, my hold on, I get this here for that. What I gotta do now is I gotta get all that here, there now teased up for you. Get the dirt out of it, the dust and stuff. And there's no way that seat will ever go in 50 years, like as you can see. Look at it, like. You know how hard it is, like. You know what I mean? There's no way it can go. You take a few kids on it, will it? Oh, That's you it. can jump in that all you like. Go roll the truck in it. <laughs> Suddenly, everything was happening. It looked like I would have something to sit on at last. And Jer's world record attempt was just around the corner. Yes? Hi, Jer. Yeah, Jer, do you want a cup? No. Nah. This is my father-in-law here, my He's a bit of an alcoholic, like he... Oh, I, he prefer to be in the pub more than fucking working, like... Ya. I haven't been out, outside the door since Saturday. Would you believe it? Before staying down, I went into Natchez for a pint in on the way up. <laughs> he's 97 years old, Michael, and he's still yeah. fucking walking around. Look at him, like. Uh, I'll be uh, 89, uh, seven, 69 this year. 69. He's yeah. the most fertile man in my arse until now. You've been training hard? 
Very hard. Yeah, I'm in good shape. No, Mike, I'm looking forward to it. See how it goes. I'm running now and see here it says. If I can get him. Sammy, how's it going? Sammy, I have a fella here from RT Radio 1 that would like to come up and do a piece on the show on Saturday if it'd be okay. Right, hold on, let me put him on to you, Sam. Hold on a minute. No, Mike, that's Sam, yeah. Hello, Sam. How are you keeping? My Michael O'Kane here. I'm just in with Chair. I've been uh, following over the last few months, quite a few months actually. So we're just hoping to finish the program off with a, a visit up to uh, a competitive side of his life, you know. So uh, I was hoping. No, you know, you know the address of the place, yeah. Uh, no, we're it's the Joy Dunlop Centre in Ballymoney, County Antrim. Mm. You know what I mean? But it, I think it's forty miles from Belfast anyway. Forty miles out of Belfast, right? So you know about that. And is this the biggest Irish competition? Is it? It is, yeah. This mm. is the biggest one, yeah. Um, so I'll be doing I'll be doing my last training session today you now, just some grip work and some stomach work and all that. And then I'm ready. The strongest athletes in Ireland will be at this one, you know what I mean? This is the qualifier for the world championships, you know. There's a couple of girls as Do you remember Petra the Polish powerlifter? Well since I met her, she had taken part in a TV programme on body image. But then she said she wants to be look like a woman, not a man. When she saw the programme, she became quite upset. That's, that's going to come with powerlifting, you know what I mean? You're going to get very muscular and masculine looking like. She decided to give up powerlifting. It's something she has to deal with herself, you know. So she retired after that. Thing. I met Jer again just before he headed off on his world record attempt. What's this new gadget? I'm trying to program the fucker for this. You know what is a... What's called it? No, do you know um, what's called it? What's called it? Set nav system. Are you going somewhere? I'm going to Belfast, aren't I? <laughs> be disappointed if you don't win. Oh no, Mike, I'll win, don't worry. No one taking this man, but And I'm 45 years old and I'm still beating the young flesh. What's your secret? What's my secret? Guinness. <laughs> Do you agree with that, you know? Oh, yes, yes. All the way. Here last night, I'm gonna go back tonight. I think I'll drive home tonight. You know what I mean? Just take it easy and just drive home handy. You know what I mean? I'm on my own, yeah. I'm on my own. Yeah. Not at all, not at all, yeah. I travel on my own, I do a lot of thinking by myself. You know what I mean? So I need to go and get things in perspective, like so. I better get back in anyway. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Jer is dwarfed by the competition stage, but admired by all present. There's a real sense of excitement. Jer steps scrabbling towards his challenge, knees and thighs tightly bound, an intense forward stare. He ignores all around him, but all are hoping that this pocket rocket from Limerick 
breaks a new world record. record 370 kilos I felt it was a, a little more there you know yeah. it's a lot of weight like so I, I weighed in at 71 kilos like so it's over five times body weight lift you know I think I'm the, the star now you know what I mean it's been so low in the whole lot you know what I mean what? I think I'm the star yeah you know been so low in the whole lot like back to the sewing machine Monday now my name is Sam Graham uh, I'm a powerlifter from uh, Northern Ireland and a member of the Global Powerlifting Committee uh, Federation Oh, Jerry's a big name in the sport all over the world. Jerry McNamara and powerlifting is like a David Beckham. That's the way he is. You know, every country in the world knows of him. Uh, the Americans know of him. Anybody that's into powerlifting has heard tell of Jerry McNamara. Back down in Limerick a week later, I dropped in to see how my old friend was getting on. My Bellamy couch. Hello. Hi, Jerry. I went down to the hospital this morning, Mike. Right? Mm. Because my elbow is giving me a bit of trouble. And do you know what? I have arthritis in my elbow. Really? Yeah. Because I can't straighten it out, you see. It's just nearly straight, but not, not too straight. When I'm getting pains in my elbow, when I'm lifting, you see, and what happens is when I lock over, I'm kind of losing the power a little. But um, so I went down in there, and she looked at it like, and she says, You have arthritis in your elbow, she says. That's going to restrict me a little now, so I'm going to have to change my training around it. But yes, you'd think like for all the exercise and I do, like you wouldn't be getting arthritis and all the supplementation I take and all that, you know. I, I was a bit taken aback by it, alright, and I says, what can we do to fix it? And she says, nothing. <laughs> just put up it, she says, you know, lift away. There's 10 tons a week been pushed with it, like, you know what I mean? So there must be, over oh, for 30 years, like, so there must be a bit of wear and tear. God only knows what I'll be like in another, but my fucking hips and all will be arthritis in my back. It's beginning to show a bit, Jared, is it? That's only once, like, so if it's going to be there, it's going to... Might escalate. You can't be brought in to be re reupholstered. No, no, huh? no. I'm going to see a, a doctor now, a specialist doctor, hmm. outside in um, Chrome, and see what he says, like. Yeah. But I think with our right, this is not really good to worry, you know. You're looking well. And you're looking good. No, it looks like a couch, doesn't it? It looks like the real thing now. Yeah, it's lovely. Can I sit on it? No, sit down here, mate. Sit down here anyway. See what you think. <laughs> Don't be frightened to sit in there, like sit in there. There's a lot more support in it than there was when I brought it into you. Jeez, I should go up, so. It was on the air, so it was underground. It's a lovely piece, like now, isn't it? Let me put my feet up. <clears throat> I'm saying we're nearly smothered with the dust that came out of it. It's all teased out now, so it's separated at the minute, you know what I mean? So as long as you're using it, it'll all intertwine when I mean, you're sitting in it and getting up and down the whole lot, you know? It might get a little softer uh, for you as well, but it's a bit hard now at the minute, in all fairness. It needs to be broken in as right. I mean, nothing will ever happen to see the video anyway, you'll have it for life, you know? They're rare now, Dad. You, know, you wouldn't come across them at all, like. I was even surprised when I saw you had, you had one, like. It's a Bellamy coach. Oh, it goes back years, like. It's back in the 18th century or something like that, you know? So what I'll do is I'll bang it up together so Mike mm. and um, I'll see you at the Maxall garage at about uh, half six, seven o'clock-ish. 
and okay. we'll, uh, we'll bring it into the house, the two of us. Good job. Good job. Alright, right. thanks. Hello there. How you doing? Can you drive and talk at the same time? We've got a hands-free there. Or if you've gone beyond the garage, you need to turn back. And the garage will be on your left. You'll be turning right. So I'm tunneling around here and chuck after something. So go down there. I'm at the tunneling right there. So let's put them in now. Do I go down there? Narrow road, where? Yeah, yeah. No, I see him. Yeah, yeah. Straight up to the very top, is it? Yeah. And I, I'll uh, come out to the front. Alright, boy. Okay. Ma, ma, ma. Good boy. But, uh, yeah, you'd be surprised until you see something there, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have all been hinted. Like, you wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, no. You know, it's good that you were there and you saw it as well, you know what I mean? Now, uh, I'll go so much. Alright, thanks something. very much. Actually, get off the couch, we're like, what? Get off! <laughs>